It's the Rick Daniels Podcast. Welcome. Man, we've uh, been off the air for a couple of months here. I've been busy here at the radio station here in Boise, so getting back at it. Now, this week I've got radio superstar Nathan Fast on the podcast. But first, just want to talk about uh, some of our growth and some of our outlets. We've been recently listed on iHeartRadio. want to thank them and also Spreaker, our podcast provider, for getting us set up with that. And of course, we're all the other usual places like Google Play, iTunes, the TuneIn Radio app, and also on Audio Boom. You can find the podcast online at onairwithrick.com. You can also check out my social media accounts at onairwithrick on Twitter and Instagram, and of course, facebook.com forward slash onairwithrick. It is the Rick Daniels Podcast now with Nathan Fast. All right, so on the podcast... I've got Mr. Nathan Fast. Now, Nathan, I'm going to call you Nathaniel Fast. I think that sounds a lot better, just in my opinion. A little little bit more distinguished. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So, like, when you're, like, 45 and still in radio and they move you over to, like, the country format like me, you can go with Nathaniel Fast. (laughs) Yeah, it kind of sounds like a a country artist. I like it. (laughs) So, Nathan Fast, if you don't know who Nathan is... Nathan, in my opinion, in my professional opinion, is one of the biggest up-and-coming radio talents in the United States. Um, the, the, the dude is just oozing with talent. Super funny on social media. Uh, he just, You just get it, Nathan. You get radio. What made you fall in love with this industry, and how did you get started? Wow. Well, thank you for saying that. Um, serious. Yeah. I, I don't know what to say. Thank you. Um, for those kind words, um, well, I, I, I just always liked radio. I, when I was growing up, I would always call the radio station. I would be like that annoying kid that would always try to win, like the Coca-Cola prize pack, and you know, like I would keep track of all the songs, and I would, I, would, I was just always that kid. And then when I, um, when I got to college, I, I went to, co- I went to school my my freshman year for like. TV and radio, and um, I got super involved, and then I just, I had a change of heart, and I ended up, uh, I ended up switching to business, and I ended up transferring schools, and I went down that path for a while, and I missed radio, so I ended up getting an internship at a radio station, but uh, I didn't even get credit, because I wasn't like a communications major, so I just did it for free. I didn't get any credit, didn't get paid, like, I I just loved it, and I tried to learn everything, and of course, I tried to, like, Get on everybody's good side, but it didn't really turn it. It didn't really turn into anything except for the um, except for the experience and the contacts, you know. Um, and then I I ended up working for a radio station my uh, senior year of college. Uh, I started out as like a remote tech and street team, and then they let me do like a weekend shift. Um, and then I graduated, and I had to get like a, a real job. And I I was I moved to Las Vegas, and I was a financial analyst for. MGM, which is a casino. And it's funny how I got a job there because I thought MGM was a, a movie studio. So I'm like, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to combine both of my interests. I'm going to do finance for a movie studio. And then, like, they call me for, to fly me out there, and I'm like, oh, crap, this is, this is not a movie studio. This is like all the casinos out there. But I ended up getting hired out there, and um, I flew out there. And, and um, after about six months, I missed radio again, so I, I hounded Cat Thomas, who's the program director of KLUC, uh, number one 
station out there still in Vegas. And um, finally, I think I broke him down. I think the thing that helped me get that job, though, was my area code. Because I put my phone number, you know, in the email. And he's like, where are you from? And I'm like, Ohio, because he's an Ohio dude. And I think that's the only reason why I got hired. Because it wasn't my talent, for sure. I sucked. Like, I was embarrassingly bad. But they gave me a shot. And I, um, I was persistent. And I, I was available all the time. And I just... Uh, so I was I was working all day, my big boy job, and then all night at the radio station, and I was like surviving on naps and Red Bull for a couple years, and then I I finally was like, man, I, I'm never gonna get to where I want to be on this path. So I I had you know enough money padding saved to last me a little while, so I quit my finance job and I sent my demo like every listing on All Access, and nobody responded at all, except for two, two stations, and they both happened to be in Boise, Idaho, Wild 101, and uh, it was 103.3 Kiss FM at the time, and the guys from Wild 101 just, like, clowned me, like, they prank called me, and completely, I was so lost, uh, and I'm like, oh, man, I didn't play along with them, I finally, I probably missed out on my chance, you know, and I'm like, man, I'm such an idiot, I'm not cool enough to play along with their pranks and um but then I, I got a call from the, the guys at kiss fm and they flew me out there and I, they ended up hiring me to do nights at ksas and i i did that for like three years and um then i moved to san diego to do nights at channel 933 um and i i did that for about six months and then i started um doing weekend stuff and filling stuff at uh, Kiss FM in L.A. And so I was kind of back and forth between San Diego and, and L.A. And then I started um, scheduling music and picking up, you know, uh, more of the, the record label music side of things. Yeah. Um, so I did that. I was, I was in San Diego for four years. And then beginning of this year, I moved to Dallas to do mornings here. And, and that's a major market. So, I mean, you've kind of, you've leapfrogged from, I mean, Boise is kind of a, still kind of a small market. That's, and you know this, that's where I'm currently at, but it's big enough where it could, you know, launch you other places in this industry. So, man, my hat's off to you. You and I have a similar background, man. Uh, and it sounds like when you got started in radio, it's very similar to mine. You know, you don't get a lot of phone calls or emails back. It's kind of like... It reminds me of that time in your life when you're like uh, 13, and it's not just puberty, but everything with a 13-year-old is just super awkward, and that's just how it is. And it feels like when you get started in radio at any point in your life, you go through that stage where it's just super awkward, and maybe you don't totally get it, but eventually you do get it. Can you just kind of explain to me how you evolved into the on-air talent you are now versus back then? Oh man, yeah, you're you are exactly right. Like when I was, I guess when I was sending out air checks, I didn't. I, I had an idea of what to sound like, but I didn't know what to sound like, you know. And and now I, I listen to air checks from a, a programmer's point of view. Like, uh, you know, I, I know what I want to hear. I know what I feel makes a good jock. And obviously, uh, um, you want to put your best stuff at the very beginning because uh, people are busy and people, you know, if you don't catch their attention right away, then, you know, forget about it. Um, but I didn't, I didn't really know what I was doing and, and it was, it was so frustrating. And I, I, 
I was like, man, what am I doing? Because there's not even very many radio jobs out. You know, like everybody's voice tracking now. It's like yeah. there's so few jobs. And the thing is, now there's even fewer jobs um, out there. Um, but now I, I have a handle on what, you know, makes a good job. And I listen, I, I'll tell you what did help me out is uh, on my on my iPad, on my uh, iPhone, like I, I just had dozens and dozens of jocks, air checks that I looked up to. And I just, I listen to those religiously. Just give me inspiration and ideas, and I should probably do that more often uh, still. But um, I just, I, I listen to those to, to see, you know, like, okay, this is what a good jock sounds like. And obviously, everybody's got their own different opinions. But, um, yeah, I listen to, to uh, man, I, who, I had JoJo Wright's air checks. I had Adam Smasher. I had Julian. I had Billy the Kid. I had uh, J.J. Kincaid. Like, good night, guys. I had Scotty Davis. Like, but that was, radio is different. It's definitely different. Uh, you know, that was probably in the early to mid-2000s uh, era, air checks that I was listening to. But in the late 2000s and, and even now, it's, it's, it's different, you know. Um, uh, you can still, you can still, I, I just feel like there's not as much fun and personality. Obviously, you still can do that, but I feel like, uh, a lot of PPM stuff, and a lot of corporates that just has kind of sucked all that fun personality out. But it's, it's you know, it's, it's still there. Um, right. Hard to find. So uh, I want to bring this up because, and I was thinking about this question uh, before we talked today. I, I knew that maybe you would be the guy that could give a great answer on this. You're talking about, you know, it's radio's not as talented as it used to be. And, and I, I find that to be true in some areas of our industry. Uh, but here's what I run into a lot when I get demos from young people. The, they've been influenced by somebody who worked in the old days. And the old days were cool. I grew up in the old days of radio as well. I'm still old enough to know what that sounds like and what that feels like. But I feel like there's a misconception with younger talent these days who are trying to get radio jobs who feel like it should be done the old way, but they're not willing to accept how our industry is involved into the new way of doing things. So, you know, what is that like for you uh, explaining that to, to younger talent who kind of want to make it as far as they can in radio? Does that make any uh, that, sense? That is a great point. Yeah. Um, I mean, when I first started in uh, Las Vegas and even in, in Boise, I thought that um, I thought that I had to have a really cool radio voice and really high energy and, and a lot of like, bitch and flirting with girls and pranks and like just like slapstick stuff like like that um and, and then i it took me a long time to just chill out and realize i i just need to be me and I, I yeah i've had a lot of different program directors give me lots of different guidance and feedback but everybody has kind of shaped me into who i am now like um one thing that uh, when I was in Boise doing nights, like, it always used to drive me nuts because my program director uh, would always just tell me how cheesy I am. And I'd be like, man, that, that hurts my feelings. Like, I'm not cheesy. I'm try- I want to be, like, the cool night guy. But, like, I would just, it, it, I, 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 it, you know, I was. I was trying too hard, and it was cheesy. And uh, uh, even other program directors I've worked for, yeah, have, have, have kind of helped mold me. Um, but I will tell you... Um, I, 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 as far as like putting an air check together and stuff, 
I think I, I finally, when I was in Boise, I finally got it, and I finally put together a good air check and, and was able to get the attention of some bigger program directors. And, I, you know, people send air checks to me uh, sometimes, you know, newer docs that are just kind of starting out or graduating college and, and um, asking, you know, like, hey, be honest, like, uh, you know, don't worry about hurting my feelings or anything. And it, it's hard. Like, I hate hurting people's feelings, but if they if they want me to be honest, like, you know, I've heard a, lo- a lot of air checks will have, like, drops. Like, hey, it's G-Easy, and you're hanging out with blah, blah, blah. And, it, like, my feedback was, like, my feedback was, like, I mean, it sounds cool, and it makes you feel cool, but, like, a program director doesn't care if you have a G-Easy drop. Like, replace that 10 seconds with something that really shows your personality. Right. Um, and if you're making an air check to, yeah. like, show off to your friends or whatever, then sure, that sounds cool. But, like, if you're trying to get a job, like, that's a waste of time. My, my pet peeve with demos is is when they do the, that was and this is. Like, that doesn't work. You know, they, they want to see some substance out of you. And you don't have to sound like uh, how a lot of people have this perception. they got to sound like Howard Stern or somebody they listened to 20 years ago in their air check. And that's what I mean by the old way. Believe me, I don't sound like a traditional radio DJ, in my opinion. I sound like a goofball who's allowed to do a show on a country station every day. (laughs) And somehow that works, you know, but it took me a long time to figure that out. Like, okay, I just need to be me. It sounds so simple, but yet it's really hard to do. How can that uh, how can that relate to like younger people who listen to you to be themselves? Like how do you how do you show that in your personality and pass that down to younger people who look up to you? I'll tell you what. Well, I got some good advice when I I don't um, I always like using like big headphones that have lots of bass because I used to DJ in clubs and stuff and I just I like blasting it. Um, but like when you're when you're doing that, um, you kind of come out of the song and you're all amped up and you're like yeah that, that was blah 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 you know you're kind of like I, so finally i uh i got a suggestion like you know what why don't you try using like earbuds and uh i use that and, and it kind of like calms me down uh and i would i would just take a deep breath as the song was ending and try to just be more conversational uh, but that that's what it is it's just being conversational and not like not like talking at but like talking to people like they're your your friends you know and i will tell you that having a i always liked having like like an intern in the studio or like my co-host right now because it's very conversational it's not like i'm right i'm all isolated in a studio i mean it's a it truly is a conversation i think when you get really good you can be on the air and literally ask a question and you know nobody's going to talk back to you but sometimes you can just, like, I do that during my air shifts. I'll ask a question like, like, say I'm giving away tickets, and I'll say, hey, we've got Lady Antebellum tickets for you. Would you like some? And then just, like, do a you know, short pause and then, and then drive home the point. Here's how you can win it. Uh, I think that's pretty effective, too, because you are literally asking somebody a question that you can't see. Um, are there any other mechanics of on-air delivery that you could maybe recommend to younger folks who might be listening that – want to improve their game. Well, that's a great point. That's something. And uh, uh, also, like, pacing. Like, when I first started, man, I was, like, talking, like, a million miles a minute, like, in my fake radio voice, and I thought that that's what a good jock was supposed to be like, you know? But uh, pacing and just uh, sounding natural and also not being afraid to 
mess up and stumble over your words. Like, when I was in San Diego and I would voice track, you know, shows all over, like, when I first started, man, I, voice tracking would take me so long because I am such a perfectionist, and I would just keep doing breaks over and over and over again until I got them perfect. Um, but finally, I, I realized, you know what? It sounds more natural if I'm not perfect. And uh, my... my uh, program director in San Diego used to make fun of me because I said, man, I just want to be perfect, you know, and they're like, don't, don't, don't be perfect. Like, you sound like a, ro- a robot. Like, you want to sound like a real person. Like, we stumble over our words all the time in Dallas, and it, it, it's, uh, it makes it more natural and, and more real and endearing because we're not perfect. We're real people screwing up on the radio. Right. Yeah, uh, I had a great program director that I worked for in Indiana before I moved to Boise. And uh, he used to tell me all the time, uh, well, first he would always say, hey, you're going to F up. Uh, just face it. That's just who you are. And I used, I used to hurt my feelings. Uh, but uh, eventually I got what he was saying. You know, it's okay to mess up as long as you don't miss commercials. That'll come out of your check. And uh, <laughs> and if we go off the air, well, you better know how to fix it. But my point was going to be, he used to say to me, don't point, don't ever point out your mistakes on the air. Never draw attention to the mistake draw attention to the vulnerability, you know, draw attention to you being a human being. And yeah, DJs are humans too. They're not meant to be perfect. And people love that. Uh, would you yeah. agree with that? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So um, one last question, because you've got a big day today. You told me before uh, we went on the air here that you've got to go to Target. Uh, you probably oh, got man. kids yeah. activities. Uh, you got a wife to, to answer to. So I don't want to keep you too long, but Let's talk about – I feel like we're beating a dead horse by asking this question, but being uh, being that you're one of the younger, more talented personalities in the industry, maybe you have a different perspective on this. But you hear all these articles in our trade publications and, and even in some mainstream media that radio is is in a grim state. And doomsday is here, and, and it's, it's not going to last. There's all these other entities and platforms that are going to overtake it. What do you have to say to all that, man? I don't think so. Um, but I think a lot of it depends on us, you know, being compelling and giving people a reason to listen. Um, I mean, we're here. I, I, I will be honest. I, the, the thing that I really like about being here in, in Dallas with CBS Radio is that I am allowed to focus on my show. I mean, in, in other places I've been, it was super cool uh, to be able to say, man, I am on every week in a hundred different cities. And I am on every single day in 800 Macy's stores all across the country, you know, and, and I do this and I do that. And, um, but it, it's not very personal. Uh, and it's, 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 it's very generic and there's not a lot of personality. I really like being able to really focus on, um, on Dallas and on one show I mean, you know, getting into radio, that's, that, that was what I was told. Is, you know what? The way that you ensure yourself job security is by never saying no, is by becoming a master of everything, is learning how to do everything, and, and, and you know, just being versatile and, and doing everything. But that, that, that's a great way to, well, maybe get some job security, but in today's environment, not so much. But it's a great way to burn yourself out. Like, uh I, I know that, I mean, taking holidays 
the last couple of years has been tortured. Because if I was going to take two days off or three days off for Thanksgiving or Christmas, I would have to kill myself the week before to schedule music and to voice track 40 different shifts. And by the time I finally, uh, you know, got to the day that I was supposed to be off, like, I just wanted to sleep. And I was, like, losing my voice. And I was borderline sick. And I couldn't even enjoy the holiday. So that's, that's kind of a little bit of a tangent. But uh, to answer your question, I think it's up to us being live, being local, getting out and just meeting people and shaking hands. And, uh, I mean, I'm always on uh, my team and my program director here. Like, man, I want to get out and do, do more stuff. Like, what can we do? Like, where can we go? What, you know, like, I want to go out and meet people. Um, <clears throat> um, especially in certain markets. I'll tell you, in, at least in my experience in Boise, people love the radio. Like, I mean, it, it, the radio was a... a, a Big deal there, and same in, in Dallas. People, people really like radio. Um, I will say, I felt like in, in uh, Southern California, it was a little bit of a different experience, just because for, uh, there was just so much going on that radio wasn't as big of a priority on people's list. But in Dallas, you know, I mean, we it's it's a pretty it's a pretty big deal, and it, you know, right. in certain markets, it is. I uh, I've always been of the opinion. For for the for the industry, it obviously has to evolve a little bit more. I think to stay really competitive and stay on top of all these other platforms because they are threatening. Let's face it, they are. But uh, you know, I've, I've had this saying. You know, when companies, radio companies, and programmers and vice presidents figure out you don't have to reinvent the wheel and just do exactly what you were just talking about. Get 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 in the streets. Go out and meet people. Uh, you know, can Spotify raise three million dollars for hurricane relief? I think not. Uh, you know, th- those are our assets, and until we get fully one hundred thousand percent behind those, uh, we're gonna yeah. always struggle just slightly a little bit. You know, um, agreed. Yeah, that, that's a, that's a great point. Like in, in Boise, again, I, I mean, people ask me like, what are some of the coolest events that I've ever a part of and, and Boise, my, my stage, old station there, they do a, a huge event every April where it basically takes over the radio station for uh, 175 hours and it's all about child abuse prevention awareness. It's not like they're raising money for anything, it's just an awareness campaign and that, man, that takes over the city. Um, and it, it's, they've built it up over years, um, but it's awesome. And, and when I was in Vegas, um, they, they have, like, the, the world's largest toy drive at, uh, at KLUC, and that's, that's been built up over, like, I don't know, 18, 20 years, but it's just insane. And, and that makes a real impact on, on people. You know, that changes people's lives. And you're right, like, Spotify, Pandora, they can't do that. Okay, so, uh, uh, Nathan, real quick before we let you go here, um, I've, I've got some breaking news for you. Uh, j- just entering the studio, I have someone who has some intel on you, some intel, and and th- uh, they want right. to ask you. They want to ask you a quick question, if you don't mind. Is that cool? Perfect. All right, go for it. What is the most annoying thing that your wife does? Ooh. <laughs> uh, she's perfect. She doesn't do anything wrong. <laughs> oh man, great answer. Just a great uh, answer. <laughs> Yeah, well, she she knows that I would uh, say this. She she'll microwave something for like thirty seconds, but she'll take it out after twenty seconds, and she won't 
press cancel. So the microwave will always just be on 10 seconds. <laughs> so, hey, let, let me ask you one final question, and then we'll let you go because you got a family to get to. Uh, what is the most annoying thing your sister-in-law does? Uh, uh, she's perfect, too. Obviously. Um, um, she doesn't come to visit enough. Oh. You know what's really scary is that if she had blonde hair, you, her and your wife would look identical. Like, they're like twins, just with different hair color. They, they do look very similar. Yeah, it is kind of scary. Yeah. I mean, just think of the bad things she could do if she were pretended to be your wife for a day. I mean, she could do some damage. She would never do that because she's perfect. Because she's an angel. I agree. By the way, on the podcast, Allison Burke, this is uh, Nathan's uh, sister-in-law. She works with me, and I hear nothing. Nathan, 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 all day long. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm Rick Daniels. I'm just playing. That doesn't happen, I promise. <laughs> Hi, Nene. I love you. Well, Nathan, hey, uh, Nathan, I be- by the way, Nathan and I became acquainted on Twitter, okay? he felt. I felt like, I, I'm 36, and I felt like, I was being followed by a movie star. I'm not joking, by the way. I'm like, oh, my God, Nathan Fash just followed me. Oh, my God. And that's how we became acquainted. And, and Nathan, I always love your posts. You do a great job on social media. And then I've heard some of your on-air work, man. I just think the sky is the limit for you in this industry. You're going to be a star, man. You're going to be on TV someday. So don't forget about me, okay? Well, I appreciate um, all the kind words, man. Thank you. And, and on that note, I do. I need to step up my social media game. Actually, actually, since I since I went and got married, it, I've just been uh, focused on you know marriage stuff. But I do yeah. need to step up my social media game a little bit more. And rightfully so. Happy wife, happy life. True that. <laughs> that is true. All right, Nathan Fast. You can find him on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat at Nathan Fast. Right. Yeah, that's right. Thank you, man. I've been spying. Nathan, thanks so much for joining the podcast. Look forward to talking more to you in the future, man. For sure. See you guys. Bye.